Hey all, welcome back to a, another episode of This Is Adulting Podcast. I am Maddie Jelikuski, your host through it all, through all the adulting, adulthood, nonsense stuff. Um, and I'm super excited to be back tonight. I was driving home. I just went out and grabbed some wine. Uh, tonight's wine of choice is the House Wine brand. It's like a can, um, and it's a red blend. I was over at a friend's house last night. And I had my very first can of wine, or actually, no, I've had a can before at another friend's house, but I haven't had, like, a real wine. That one was, like, more of a wine spritzer. So last night I had my first canned wine, and it was really good. I um, tried going looking for that brand. I think it's called Union, maybe? I don't know. But um, my, my local liquor store did not have it. So we're going with the original house wine tonight, a red blend, so... Get some ASMR up in here, right? Ooh, hot. <laughs> yes. All right, let's, let's see if I like it. I'm picky with red, so. Oh, I'm smelling it. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Oh, no, she's good. Oh, she's good. Um, it's nice because each can is equivalent to two glasses, which is pretty perfect because then you only need to open one can you're not opening an entire bottle. I've found that that's challenging for me sometimes. I like how the first minute and a half of this podcast is solely talking about wine, but it's appropriate, right? Hashtag on brand. Um, I find it challenging to buy a bottle of wine because I live alone, essentially. Um, like, I don't, I live with my family, so like my parents, which more on that another time. But, um, my sister does not drink because she's not 21. My mom actually is not does not drink alcohol. She has not had alcohol since before she got pregnant with me, which I think she said was 1994 was the last time she had had it. So that's been quite a while that she's not had alcohol. Um, my dad drinks vodka, but I don't drink nearly as much as him, and it's weird. I don't know. It's just I don't drink a lot at home. And even when I'm not at home, like I drink maybe two times a week, once a week realistically, and sometimes not even. You know, sometimes it's like 10, 15 days in between. So to open up a giant bottle of wine when nobody else in my house drinks wine, like I never finish it. So I got this little can, and I think it's going to be nice for tonight's podcast. Usually I'd be burning a candle. I have apple garland next to me from Bath & Body Works from last season. It smells so good, but um, I have my fan on, so... We don't need to set my room ablaze, especially with wine right next to it. So, y'all, I um, have been thinking since my last podcast about what I wanted to talk about in my next episode, and for the past like few days, I've been thinking about it every day, and I'm like, I just don't know what I want to talk about. I mean, there's always stuff I want to talk about with people, but you know, to sort of fill all this time with my thoughts, and um, I had this realization uh, really on Wednesday. But it really came to fruition yesterday into today, and uh, it's a good one. So if you're sitting at home and you're not doing anything, which, you know, I guess if you want to listen to my podcast in that light, go for it. Um, feel free to grab yourself a glass of wine as well, because it's definitely that kind of pod tonight. Um, or if you're going to work, I hope you enjoy it. I hope it brings you some relief and is distracting, because ladies and gents, tonight we are talking about dating. Oh, oh, dating. It's just like, 
I feel like a balloon that's been let go whenever I talk about dating with people because it's like I just have no control over it. And if you've been listening to this pod for any length of time, or if you know me in real life, you know that I am not only very type A, but I'm slightly controlling. Um, I like to think it's the Taurus in me. Like, I'm just very stubborn. And I usually like to think that my controlling nature has others' intentions in mind. Like, I have good intentions. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely... I feel most comfortable in situations that I can control, which I think a lot of people do. In dating, I'm realizing I have no control, you know? Like, I can be as open and as receptive to people and the idea of going out on dates and being on these apps or really talking to guys when I'm at work or when I'm at bars, which hasn't been a lot these days. Um, Like, I can do all the quote-unquote steps but, like, it's not something that I myself can do on my own, you know? And that's kind of frustrating. So let's rewind this for a moment. And let's chat about Wednesday. So Wednesday, I, um, I've been going to PT. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. But if you're new or if you missed that episode, I've been going to physical therapy for a while now. I've been going since May because I we think I have the the cartilage behind my patella, which is your kneecap, we think I have a small tear in my cartilage, but we're not entirely sure. So I've been going since May and it's been a long time, obviously, with this injury. And I've been to PT before. I know my physical therapist very well. I This is my third time, like third injury that I've been going to PT for. And obviously having spent almost six months, which is scary to think that it's been six months almost, But having spent almost six months with her, like, you know, how regularly, we're pretty close, you know, for a healthcare professional. So I'm at PT on Wednesday and I was doing my exercises and my workout at PT always starts with the elliptical. And because I work out a lot and what I do for a living, like professionally, is pretty active, she has really had to go outside of like the normal box of exercises to give to her patients to really give me something that's going to push my knee. Because since I already do so many things, it's not pushing it. And especially since this injury has been going on as long as it has. So essentially my workouts at PT have really become workouts. Um, so anyway, I start on the elliptical and I can do anywhere from five to 10 minutes, depending on how I feel or, you know, if it's bothering me or if I'm there a little early or if I'm there late, you know, however, as long as I want, essentially. So I got to PT and I was feeling pretty okay. And I get on the elliptical and I just like was hit with like a pang of nausea, like, I don't know, four, three, four minutes in. So I was like, okay, let's just do five minutes. You know, we don't need to push it. And then I started doing all my other exercises. And like I said, they're pretty involved. Like it's not an isolated knee movement. It's usually core engaging and my heart rate is up. Like I literally track my workouts at PT on my Apple Watch because I wanted to one time just track my heart rate because I knew that my heart rate, like I knew I was getting a good workout. And my heart rate is usually around like the 150 mark, which is it's definitely a workout, you know, 150 is where I like my heart rate to be when I work out anyway, is 150 to like 160. So, um, 
obviously not feeling great and then continuing to do that just made me feel worse and worse and worse. And um, if you've ever gone to PT for a knee injury, I'm sure you've done this exercise. I forget the name of it, but you take this like thin TheraBand that's a really high resistance and the TheraBand is just those elastic um, they used to be made out of latex, but they're just these really wide, usually plastic, elastic, stretchy bands. Um, it's like what you put around like your upper, your quads when you do like booty exercises and crap. <laughs> um, so they have these elastic bands, these therabands that are super thin and they're thicker. So they have a higher resistance and they're long. It's like a giant stretch out rubber band and it's wrapped and like looped around a pole so that it's like a little knot, you know what I mean? And then you slip your leg in through the hole. I hope you can visualize this. <laughs> and um, the resistance of the band behind your knee, you then go ahead and bend your knee slowly and then straighten it slowly. And the resistance is supposed to like work through with the band as you do that. So I was doing that. And that obviously is not all that taxing because you're just standing and your knee is just bending. Like, it's not, it ain't that deep. But I just was like, oh my God, I feel so sick. I was like, I could easily go ahead and try and make myself throw up. And I hate throwing up. That's like my biggest pet peeve. I remember, I'm, you're, I'm sure you're listening. My uh, college best friend, uh, well, now she's just like one of my best friends, but I met her in college. Um, she was my roommate junior, senior year, and senior year, all of my friends came over our apartment, um, as well as my, obviously my other roommates who I was very good friends with and other best friend. Um, and I had too much wine and I threw up and it was just like traumatizing. (laughs) It was just not a good night. And I know in that moment she even realized like, oh, Matt does not throw up. (laughs) So for me to be in this moment doing like this itty bitty knee exercise and have it bother me this badly and be like, I could throw up. I was like, okay, you know, I need to uh, stop this right now. So I go over to my physical therapist and she's working on someone or doing something like she's clearly preoccupied. And I was like, my physical therapist's name is Michelle. And I was like, Michelle, I, mm -mm, not today. And she's like, oh, is your knee bothering you? And I was like, no, like I just feel so sick. It's like, I feel so nauseous and just like, I feel like I could throw up. And so she told me to go lay down on one of the tables. And it was funny because like laying down on the table, I, um, it brought me right back to like elementary school and middle school. And I'd go to the nurse a lot. I didn't really go in high school, I think, cause I just either pushed through it or I knew I couldn't go home cause I had too much to do during the day or I just flat out stayed home from the get go, you know? Um, but definitely reminded me of like elementary middle school when you'd go to the nurse and the nurse would be like, go lay down. And you were like, no, like I need to go home. Um, I just felt kind of like trapped and like, huh, I'm just laying here. And, um, I guess I was laying there long enough that it's just kind of procedure that she comes over and she's got, it's the fucking, um, God, what's that called? The, the, wow, mad. What the band to like, take your blood pressure. You know what I'm saying? Um, (laughs) so she's like, let me just take your blood pressure and make sure you're not actually dying. And I felt so embarrassed because of course it's, you know, moderately busy in there. And there's all these people who are far older than me or far more out of shape and are there for like, 
you know, having surgeries and far more um, intensive injuries. Not to downplay my own. Mine's been a bitch. But, like, just far more, you know, serious. And um, for me to be the one who's laying on the table so nauseous and needing my blood pressure taken, I was mortified. So she takes it. She was like, it's a little high, which I get stressed out anyway when I get my blood pressure done or taken because I think one time in my life it read high and it freaked me out. So now every time I get like that white coat syndrome, even though I know her well, and obviously I was also not feeling well. So she kind of was like, it's fine. You're going to be fine. So she was like, okay, so just chill for a little bit. So I did. And I sat up and I was like, you know, I think I want to try, you know, doing a little bit more. And she was like, no, you don't have to push it. And I said to her, I was like, no, I think it's just because like, and I didn't want to announce it in front of everyone there, which is why I didn't say it sooner. But um, I knew I was getting my period. Or rather, should I say I was on my period, but again, not going to announce it to um, the entirety of my physical therapy office. So she's like a couple tables over and she's, you know, telling me that I don't need to, you know, keep doing it. And so I was like, you know, it, it could be because it's almost, you know, that time of the month. Um, and she kind of smiled. And uh, for context here, she has two young kids. She has a son who's four and then a daughter who she was born in February. So what's that? Eight months old, almost nine months old. Um, she so we talk about her kids a lot and I teaching so many young kids. We compare stories. And so she looks at me with like this smile and she was like, I was going to ask, was it, could it be the other thing? And I was like, what other thing? Like, you know, having your period is the thing. <laughs> like, I was very confused. So I said to her, I was like, what? She was like, and made this huge face. I just realized when I did that, you can't see me because it's a podcast. But she, her eyes got super big and she kind of did that like, you know. And I realized that she was insinuating, she was like asking if I was pregnant. And I was like, Oh my God, no, 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 like not pregnant at all. Um, and so we laughed about it, whatever. And she was like, yeah, it could be. I was like, no, 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 no. For that to have happened, like there must have been an activity between the last time and this time and um, there has not been. So I, um, I kind of just like laughed it off and obviously it was just kind of like, a funny moment in time because this is not something I realized is something that I would that would stick out to me but it was like the first time that I had been genuinely asked by somebody who knew me if I was pregnant um and in all seriousness like it was a it wasn't like a joking like I mean it was playful of course but it it had serious you know wonder about it um which I get it because like I was saying that I felt fine that I Beyond feeling nauseous, and I felt nauseous the day before. I went to the gym the day before, y'all, and I felt so sick. Holy crap. So I understand that when I gave her that context, why she might think that. Um, But yeah, I was so tickled by it because, you know, obviously, I've only been asked one other time in my life if I was pregnant, and it was actually at a diner because I asked for a side of pickles with my eggs, which, okay, I get it. Like, it's not normal, sure. But um, I just like pickles. And so he asked me, my waiter, he's like, oh, are you pregnant? And I was like, no, just like pickles. But it was like the first time. And I was like, wow. And it got me thinking because while that idea was like, wow, this is something that I want one day. Um, it had me thinking because most 
not most, I don't want to make that generalization, but there's a lot of women who are 23 who, you know, if somebody asks them that, no matter how safe you might be, there's a risk. And I realized in that moment that there's no risk. Like, that's not an option. And while the very, 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 very last thing, like, bottom of the list of things that I want right now is to be pregnant. It just, the reality of like, even if I wanted it, I couldn't have that was just very strange to me because everything else that I've wanted in life, I had some level of control over to an extent. You know, we don't have control over anything in its entirety, except maybe, you know, getting up and brushing your teeth, going to to like take a shower, things like that we have control over. You know, if we get to work on time, maybe, well, not even, because traffic is outside of our control. Or if you take public transportation, schedules are out of your control. So there's really not much that's solely in our control. But I think that every other thing that I've wanted, like getting into college, you know, is sort of in my control. Like I can work really hard in high school and apply to, you know, these programs that I think I'm write for and apply to schools that are within my GPA range or, you know, getting a job. I can apply to a bunch of jobs that I'm interested in. I can work towards networking. Like I can have a process to achieve these goals. And if I work hard enough, they should be returned at some point. But with like dating, it's so out of my control. You know, like I go on these apps, which I hate online dating so much. I just... I don't know. I've met a couple of guys who I'm like, oh, they seem very normal or they went to school in a school that I know a lot of people who went to or even we have mutual friends. And it's just so strange because I feel like every guy that I've met up with in person just has not been right. And I remember there was one date in particular that (laughs) for some reason I told my mom about it and she was like, did you give him a fair shot? And because I didn't want to go out on a second date with him. And I was very forward about it with my mom. And she was like, you know, did you give him a fair shot? And I was like, um, I think I did. I just was seeing all these red flags. And I just see that a lot with this whole online dating thing. And I just hate the idea of like the hookup culture that's so present with online dating. Because listen, my own opinions on hookup culture aside, the fact that like I'm meeting up with you and I don't priorly know you and you're looking to just like get it on and that's it is sort of strange to me. In fact, it's very strange to me. Like that's just such an intimate thing and call me old fashioned, but like, I don't know. I just think that it, there's some level of like grandness to doing it like in a better position than that. You know what I mean? It just doesn't seem... Right. Um, And so that's frustrating. And then in in this moment, I'm like, well, fuck. Like, I'm not in this position that I kind of wish I was. And I think I realized that when she had insinuated that. Um, And I was like, well, how can I, like, make this happen? You know? Because, like I had said, everything else in my life I had control over. I could, you know, write out a 10-step process. (laughs) on how to get into a college or a 10-step process on how to get my dream job. Or I could grind really hard for an audition and 
really nail it and feel really good. And even if I didn't get cast, there was the, I did a really good job in front of so-and-so-and-so-and-so who I think might call me in for this thing down the line. Like there's some sort of payback and there's some sort of, I did what I wanted to do. But in this world of dating, it's like, where does that checkbox exist? It's so hard. It's so challenging. And it was funny because um, just last night, I went over to a friend's house. And my friend, it's, it's sort of like a twisted relationship. Those who know me in real life know about this friend of mine. But my friend um, is actually my prior teacher from high school. And... I mean, we just like vibed heavily in high school. And now that I'm outside of high school, obviously years graduated. Um, She's become a friend of mine. She had a baby in July and just like, I don't know, talking to her and like seeing her and her element and being with her and her husband and like her legitimate family now is like, well, shit, (laughs) you know, and obviously we're in different places of life. So I can't compare, you know, it's that idea of like, comparing somebody who is an orange to an apple like I'm just not there yet and I will never be there yet because I'm just different but it's it's challenging to not want to be an orange you know (laughs) or want to do something that somebody else is doing it's really hard and it's frustrating because I feel like I'm doing all the right things You know, like I'm, I feel like everyone always says like when you most want a relationship, it's not going to happen. And it's in the moments when you feel you're most comfortable with yourself that it just sort of happens out of nowhere. Like when you least expect it. And like, I thought I was there. I thought I was at like my most comfortable with myself, but really, if I'm being completely candid, the past, like four or five months easy I've really felt so me and genuinely really love where I'm at in life right now and so it's confusing to me because I don't see how I could love myself anymore not to sound egotistical but like I genuinely feel like I'm at a point in my life where I'm very satisfied you know obviously there's a lot of things that would change but it's nothing to do with my character my value like it's one of the first times in my life that I truly see my the, the whole scope of my value. Um, and yet nothing's happening. You know, it's funny because I, uh, to get specific here, match with this guy on Hinge. This is like a prime story. And I won't say where he went to school, but he went to school at a school that I know a couple of people who have went to. And he's from an area where I have a couple friends from. And he seemed really nice, very attractive. And so we started uh, messaging, you know, on Hinge or whatever. And it reached a point where we started texting. And so we were texting back and forth. And he was like, we should go get drinks. And I was like, yeah, I would love to get drinks. That's definitely my ideal first date. If my future husband is listening to this, my ideal first date is definitely drinks. Um, So I was like, yeah, totally. And so the day rolled around when we were talking about, or not, that specific day, but a couple days before rolled around when we were talking about getting drinks. And he was like, oh, turns out like my car is in the shop or some BS excuse like that. And he was like, you should just come to my apartment. 
Which, like, bro. Sure, we've been texting for several days at this point. Probably a week. Obviously, there's a more trust in that than if I'm just texting you for an hour. But I haven't met you. Like, I don't know you in real life. I'm not just going to go over to your apartment. Like, there's so many stories these days of online dates going really bad where a girl goes over to this guy's apartment and, like, I don't even want to think about the stories I've heard about, but if, like, like, flat-out murder has happened or, like, kidnapped, like, that's scary. Like, you don't know them. So, obviously, I came up with some BS excuse of, like, oh, sorry, I have plans or something just to, you know, because I don't, I have a problem, I've realized, of being forthright with people sometimes in my feelings, and I should have just been up front and said, like, I don't know you, but I was like, you know, let me not sound crazy because we don't know each other, you know, which is silly because to me, he sounded crazy. So I should have just been crazy back, but <laughs> whatever. So I told him like I plans had popped up anyway, so it was fine. And we had planned to go out probably a few days later. And I said that I was at work and that I'd be done at whatever time. And I was like, oh, I work in Old City in Philly. So I was like, you should come. You know, we could go to some place around there. And he was like, oh, well, I have the apartment to myself. And then sent me the eye emojis, like the big eye, just like the eyeballs, which we all know what that means. And so I was like, are you kidding me? So obviously, and I don't feel any pride about this, um, but I've ghosted him because the boy has like not given up. Like if I'm looking at my text with him right now, I actually muted him on text so that I wouldn't get notifications because it got that bad. But he texts me one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times via text. And they're all just very generic texts like, hey, what's up? How are you? What are you doing tonight? Do you want to grab drinks? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's reached a point, too, where he's gone back through the Hinge app to, like, try to meet up with me. And it's like, boy, get a clue, you know? And obviously, I should probably just be forthright. And the next time he texts me, I think I will be. But the last time I texted him was September 21st. And it is currently October 25th, which is actually, oh my God, it's my half birthday. Oh, this just makes this episode even better. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just had these, we'll get into that in a moment, actually. But like, boy, get the clue, you know, that not... Clearly, I'm ghosting you, but I have a text planned out should he text me again so I can just let him know because I know it's bad to ghost people, but it's not like we ever met up. So is it really ghosting? Like, where's the line of ghosting? Anyway, circling back to what I just said about being 23 and a half, I think I just had such expectations on what 23 could be and I think I've had this expectation every year on my birthday since I was probably 17 honestly um of being like this is the year you know this is the year that I'll find love and experience all these things that I want to experience and I really thought 23 was the year and it's not like I'm giving up hope because it's only been six months you know like I still have a whole other half to it but it's just, and now that we're approaching on the holiday season, it's just like another moment and another reminder of my singularity. And it's like, oh, 
I thought, you know, this might be the year that on Halloween I could dress up with someone. You know, the little frivolous things even. It's like, oh, I wish that I was in that scenario. You know, or in the scenario for, you know, when my physical therapist thought I was pregnant to be like, yeah, I could be. And I'm nowhere near that scenario. And it's scary to me because obviously we have these timelines in our on our life that whether we like to admit them or not, they exist. I remember when I was in seventh grade, I had a language arts teacher who to this day is still one of my favorite teachers I think I've ever had. She just, I wanted to be her. I thought she was so cool. I thought she was so relatable and warm and I just aspired to be just like her. And we had this project at the end of the year that was a class reunion project and it was just fun. It was her way of doing a fun end of year activity while still doing like a research-based project because essentially we were 13 years old at the time, which is crazy thinking back to the fact that 13 is so long ago. Like it feels long ago. Like I don't feel anywhere near 13, but it's crazy how long ago that was. Um, But we had a reunion project where I think it was a 20 year reunion or 15 no, it must have been 20 because I think I was in my 30s in this world of this reunion. Um, but so we had this reunion project where we had to do a oral presentation on what our lives were like at that point, almost like if you were going to your reunion for our middle school graduating class, you know, 20 years later or whatever, what would you say your life is like? And we had to do all this research to say this is where I went to school, this is the program I studied in, this is the job I have, this is where I live. A lot of us decided that we want to have kids. And I think that while that project was so much fun and I loved it genuinely, and I think it's still one of the most shaping things I've done in my education for me personally. Um, But I think doing it put on these expectations because I remember – I was the only one out of my core friend group, or no, it was me and my one other friend, but out of our core friend group, there was only two of us who had this teacher. And so we went to lunch and we would always talk about like, oh, what do you think your life's going to be like at that point? And I remember all my friends, cause 20 years, we'd be 33, which is crazy because it's only 10 years from now. Um, oh my God, I didn't even realize that seventh grade was 10 years ago. Wow. Or no, almost 11 because I'm turning 24. So it'd be an eighth grader 10 years ago. That's bizarre. Um, But anyway, I remember all my friends, oop, email, sorry. (laughs) I remember all my friends were saying that, oh, I'll probably have like two, three kids. And I was like, that's a bit of aggressive. I was like, maybe one. (laughs) Like I I was very realistic in that sort of idea. Um, But even so, I think That idea of looking so far into the future and sort of planning the things that aren't in our control to plan has given me these ideas of things that I want that I can't necessarily achieve. You know, this timeline of when I'd like to do these things, I just, it freaks me out and it feels like a weight on me because I feel like I'm not progressing towards, like I feel like I'm not even on the trajectory to achieve what I think I want to achieve by a certain age. And being 23 and a half, I'm like, well, you know, if I want to be married and have kids, you know, I ideally would want to be 
you know, dating for a solid amount of time because I know me. And even if I was so infatuated with somebody and it felt reciprocated, I think that for my own self, I would need time just because it's such a big decision. Not even a decision, but just it's such a big thing. It shapes the rest of your life. Like that's a big deal, you know, realizing that. So I think I would need time to really understand that and live through things with another person and to see how our relationship would grow. So realistically, would love to date somebody for three years and then be engaged for like a year, year and a half because I really want a spring wedding, but that's a whole other. So if I get engaged not in the spring, you know, like it could be any time. Um, and then like I don't want to have kids right away. Like I want to be able to enjoy being young and married and seemingly responsible-less, you know, minus, you know, a house payment or apartment payment and jobs. But, you know, before you had kids in, like, you can go away for a weekend with pretty much no problem, minus the, the, you know, potential financial burden or, you know, boarding the dogs or something like that. But so, you know, give it a couple years and then maybe have a kid. But like, I would love to, like, have kids before I'm 30. I don't know why I have that idea in my mind, but that's just something I've always wanted. And now that I'm 23 and a half, I, like, you know, do the math. Like, okay, if I met somebody today, which I didn't, but so, so tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> if I met somebody tomorrow, get engaged around 26, and then get married at, like, 27, 28, a couple years, that's 30. Like, the time is just flying by and I know that I can't anticipate for sure that that's how I want to go by it you know who knows maybe I'll meet somebody and want to get married to them in six months I don't know but it's just it's freaking me out that I'm getting older and I'm not checking off these things that I thought I wanted to check off by this point you know and I want to live life and I want to have these experiences I want to be able to experience the heartbreak of thinking that's somebody's the one like thinking that a man's like the one I'm gonna marry and then it's not I don't know it's just just a little a little saddening to be honest um but then there's moments that I realize all these other things that I have in my life that feel really really fulfilling that no man <laughs> could offer me you know like I have the best support system of friends right now you know even though my friends are seemingly all across the country um, doing all these incredible things. Like I feel so supported by my friends these days. I feel, even though I have no idea what I want to do with my life professionally, some moments in time, I feel so on the right trajectory of figuring it out, even though I have no idea what trajectory that is. I feel like I'm on something. And I, you know, said earlier, like I feel the most me I have in a really long time. But then, yeah, why do I sit here and I scroll through Hinge waiting to meet someone so I can check off these boxes? I don't know. I don't know. It's just very adulting so weird. It's so weird because it's the first time in your life that you have not just the power but the ability to do anything you want. Like, really. I could do anything I wanted. I could go out with the first person I see on Hinge, I could go over to the, his house right now, you know, in an hour and get it on and, you know, get pregnant. I could, you know, drop out 
I'm not in school anymore, but like <laughs> if I was in school, I could drop out. You know, I could pursue any career I want to pursue. I could move out. I could do whatever I want to do. And it's just a lot. I don't know. It's just a different world. So, um, I guess if anybody has <laughs> any suitors that they want to send my way, that would be great. Um, but I want to end this episode on a positive note. Not that it wasn't all positive. It was, I just felt like I was ranting, but, um, I have been loving, I've loved her for a while now, but particularly recently have been loving Katie Dudley. She is at the Pilates Blonde on Instagram. I totally recommend you follow her. She is like a fitness queen, inspo queen. She has a podcast called Sweat Thrive Glow, which I also recommend you listen to. Hers is a little bit more structured than mine is, um, and it's a lot more like concentrated motivation type stuff which I personally really like. So if that's your cup of tea, go check it out. But she was talking all about like goal setting. And um, yeah, I think the idea of like, she talks about the idea of breaking down your goals into tangible steps. And, you know, as I'm talking through this podcast, I'm like, okay, I'm realizing where my priorities actually are in life. Like maybe I should go ahead and try to break down my priorities into more tangible steps. Like maybe I should set a goal of, you know, spending, it sounds so silly, but like 10 minutes every day, like on online dating apps or going out of my way to actually stand in line at a Starbucks instead of doing the mobile order, you know, like little tasks like that, that might set myself up for more success. Um, so yeah, I recommend you go listen to that podcast. It has nothing to do with what I talked about tonight, but I think it's her very first episode is all about goal setting. So if that's kind of what you're looking for these days is how do I get through these moments in time where I feel like I don't know what's up, what's down, I totally recommend listening to that podcast. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I wanted to chat about today. I'm glad I got that off my chest. The baby fever is so real. I, um, my friend who had the baby, the, my old choir teacher, I bought clothes for her daughter today and I just like, I don't know. I don't know, y'all. I always say to my one friend, uh, Ryan, if you're listening to this, I always say to him that, like, if I had a baby tomorrow, I think I'd be fine. Um, and, like, being with her and her daughter, I would not be fine, you know? But one day at a time, Mad, one thing at a time, you'll get there. Everyone gets there if they want to. So with that, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, night, evening, wherever you are. Um, I hope that you find some clarity in whatever you're doing. And I will talk to you all super, super soon. As always, make sure you follow at Maddie Jelikuski. That's J-U-L-E-S-K-U-S-K-Y. At, um, on, I was going to say my email, because <laughs> that's close to my email address, um, on Instagram to keep up with what I'm up to. And with that, I'm going to go to bed, truthfully, and watch some Big Little Lies, because that's been my shit recently. So I will talk to you all very soon. Have a good one. Bye, guys.